All right, welcome to Books and Badgers. We are a Redwall Read Along podcast. I'm your co-host, Colin, and with me we have an amazing panel of contributors. You may know Trevor from Slayhouse Presents, but I know him as my brother. How's it going, Trevor? It's going great. I'm really happy to be here and to kick off this kind of inaugural season of Books and Badgers. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. We also have horror author and host of Killer Mediums, William Sterling. How's it going, William? It's so amazing. Y'all are some of my favorite people. So getting to sit down and do this and talk about one of my like essential core uh, memory book series, going back through all of this. It's just, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And uh, joke's on you because we're all big fans of you. So it's good to have you on. <laughs> And then last but not least, we have the talented artist and chil- children's book illustrator, Tiff Avery. Tiff, how you doing? Hey, doing great. Very excited. A passionate Redwall fan here. Um, this is my second reread. I, earlier in adulthood, I reread the uh, Redwall series and I had no one to talk to about it. So I'm really excited to do that with you guys. I um, William is one of my really old friends, but uh, I'm really excited to make new friends with Colin and Trevor for sure. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So what is a Redwall read along podcast? Well, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the show format and what that looks like. The books and badgers podcast is intended to cover each of the 22 books in the Redwall series. We're going to be reading them in release order, so not necessarily the chronological order of when these books take place in the Redwall timeline, but we're going to read them in the intended release order that they were originally printed. Each season of the show is going to cover one book, and it's going to have about four to five episodes where we will cover each individual book of the novels themselves, they if you haven't read them before, they're kind of organized into separate books, quote unquote, um, that cover various kind of story arcs of the overarching novel. So each episode is going to cover one of those books. And then every fourth episode, we're going to have a big wrap up discussion where we have some reviews of the book we might do some hero and villain rankings um, some favorite and least favorite parts and various questions that you our listeners kind of submit so if you have some ideas for what you would like us to talk about with regards to any of these books we really want you to email us get in touch with us via social media and just uh send us your questions and thoughts Yeah, that's right. So uh, as Trevor mentioned, because each book is broken into three parts or three separate books, uh, season one will have book one, Redwall, and then the three books that are part of that. Is that right? That will just be covering, you know, very few episodes, um, spoilery discussion of what exactly happens chapter by chapter in each of the different books of Redwall. And then our fourth episode uh, of that particular season is going to be a big roundtable discussion where we all reflect on the book. And we talk about the stuff that really kind of sticks with us. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. Uh, we also mentioned a potential fifth episode. 
So that is really just kind of based off of uh, what what the interest is. Like if there's uh, a topic that we didn't cover or if you have listener questions, that's a great opportunity for that fifth episode. But stay tuned for that. All right. Well, now is a great time to get to know us a little bit better. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and kind of talk through some questions to our amazing panel of contributors. Uh, the first question, I'll start with uh, Mr. William Sterling, is what kind of reader are you? So slow. Um, so we already mentioned I'm a, I'm a horror author. So the primary thing that I'm reading on a Saturday night is just random horror authors uh from from all around the indie scene um if if anybody wants recommendations jump into my chats but i'll i'll save that for for side conversations here um but yeah i'm a i'm a notoriously slow reader i'm one of those people that'll read a chapter and then i've got to pause and like go walk around the house once just to digest everything and then maybe i'll come back and do another chapter or maybe i need a whole night to digest that one chapter and that's what that's the way i am with any book with Redwall, the chapters are like five or six pages long, and there's 70, 80 chapters per book. So this is going to be a big problem <laughs> for me. Um, but I'm in for it. Um, I'm here. The the chapters are really, they're a lot denser than I remembered, honestly. Even though I read some of them, you know, like five years ago. Um, it's They are children's books, but they really, you know they've got some big words in there and, and they can be kind of dense and have a lot of different characters, which is really exciting. Like the, the world that he's able to build. Um, in these world building is so strong in this series. You're, you're totally right. I've been rereading the, this first novel ahead of the show and I'm struck constantly by just how much stuff happens in any one chapter. You might even have just a chapter that's, you know, two or three pages long, but it's dense with, all kinds of, you know, world building, all kinds of action and excitement and plotting. And it, it's just crazy how he manages to pack so much in. Absolutely. And it's, and it's such a sensory experience too. I mean, he tells you how it smells, how it looks, how everything feels. Um, I personally feel like I see, you know, the entire scene in my head like a cartoon uh, as I go, because he's just so descriptive. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've definitely been guilty of having to look up some words uh, <laughs> in, in the first red wall. Uh, so as you're kind of talking about how the books feel uh, dense, I can definitely, uh, I'm definitely a victim of that as well. All right. And William Sterling, one last question for you and what kind of reader you are. Are you a physical book guy or a digital book guy? I'm physical book to the detriment of my entire household. <laughs> there are piles of books all over this place. And if I could consolidate it into an e-reader, like the clutter would be so much more manageable, but it's not. And we're doomed. And I'm going to die the day that my TBR <laughs> falls over on me. <laughs> I love that death by TBR. That would be a great book to read. It sounds like a Chuck Tingle title, like crushed by my TBR. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a, a good good book to add to that TBR pile. I'll leave that to uh, the author, the horror author bless himself him. to work on. Bless that. him and bless Camp <laughs> Damascus. And that's one of those tangents I'm going to refrain from going on. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, speaking of books being everywhere, that's a pretty good segue into Trevor. What kind of reader I mean, are you? I'm, I'm kind of all over the map. Um, 
With regards to genre, I definitely would say I'm more of a speculative fiction kind of reader. So anything that really tries to examine the human condition from just like a different angle, I'm there for it. And I that's the stuff that I think really resonates most with me. Um, so your fantasy, your horror, your science fiction, that's kind of where I live. I've read a lot more horror in the last several years, um, mostly on account of my connection to Slay House. Um, that's actually how I met William Sterling and started reading a lot of his books and uh, listening to Killer Mediums, you know, as he's been creating that show. So a lot of my connection uh, to literature right now is, is horror oriented. Um, but I've read, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, I got a, a master's degree in Spanish literature. Um, that's kind of my formal training. I did a PhD program that I did not finish um, in comparative literature and cultural studies. I basically passed my competency exams and then got to the dissertation and had a just an existential crisis and decided that that really wasn't uh, for me so much. Um, but in all of that kind of formal training, I've, I've read everything from medieval literature and I have a lot of experience in medieval literatures. Um, and I think I blame a lot of that on Redwall. We'll, we'll kind of talk about that a little bit further down the road, but it was a very much a formative series for me and getting me invested in a lot of older types of, of literature, like medieval romances, chivalric sagas, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, it's super cool. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely get to learning a little bit more about how Redwall's impacted you as an adult. Uh, so spoilers for what's ahead. Uh, Tiff, what about you? What kind of reader are you? Um, so I think the best way to describe what kind of um, reader I am, I first have to tell you that in the last few years, I got diagnosed with ADHD, and which really has explained just so much in my life. Um, so books for me are basically, I consume them in one night, um, all at once, uh, without sleep, you know, forfeiting sleep, um, forfeiting the relationship, you know, with <laughs> my husband and daughter in the process um and, or i take a really long time <laughs> to read books those are kind of the two options um but but as far as genre goes um i i definitely i love children's books and ya for sure young adult literature um and you know what to bring it back to redwall i um I really, really love a, like a prodigy chosen one, uh, arc, you know, um, I loved Harry Potter and Artemis Fowl and, um, the, this, the Redwall, the, you know, the first titular book of the series, um, has some elements of that too. Um, and so really anything that had sort of this chosen one child aspect to it, um, I eat that stuff up for sure. And I always have. Um, oh, but you you were talking about whether or not I do physical books or, 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 you know, we do physical books or audio. So I've always done physical books. I think it's easier for me to read that way um, because when I my mind starts wandering, I can come back to the page rather than having to, you know, rewind and rewind and figure out where I was. Um, 
but I'm really excited actually with this series. I think I want to um, do a combo of physical books and audiobook and have the audiobook playing in the background um, while I read it and see how that goes. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I think I think they call that uh, immersion reading. Is that correct? Oh, I didn't know there was a term for it. <laughs> yeah, 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 immersion reading. If that's the term, I love that term. <laughs> At least with regards to Redwall, um, so many of the books had like a full audio cast production and it makes for a totally different reading experience to hear different actors like actually embody some of these characters. Um, and we could talk about, you know, whether or not we enjoy some of these voice actors because there are definitely some takes where I'm like, that didn't sound at all like what I had in my head, but. Um, it, it, at the very least, it is a very like weird, enriching sort of experience. Yeah. I'm excited totally. now to jump into these audiobooks. Yeah. I, I, uh, actually, uh, put a hold on the Redwall audiobook from my library. I haven't read it, uh, listened to it yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it now. I didn't think about the, the full, uh, narrated, uh, cast. Um, so I'll have to check that out. Uh, I myself, I am what I call a new reader. Uh, I did not really grow up reading. Uh, my brother can attest to that. He was always the one buying books and I was the one buying action figures and Legos. I was just not a reader when we grew up. Uh, the library was more time for me to look at comic books than it was necessarily to pick out books to read. Um, so when the uh, pandemic happened, at the very beginning of 2020, I had a lot of free time on my hands and that kind of renewed my love for reading. Um, I read through the Lord of the Rings, the all three books in I think like two days uh, because I just didn't have anything else to do. And that really rekindled uh, a love for reading. Uh, and so I, I would go to Trevor and say, hey, is this like a good book to read or have you read this before? And um, I quickly started to like stack up a TBR of books to read. Uh, but I primarily read fantasy books, um, and I am almost an exclusive Kindle reader. Um, I don't really do audiobooks or physical books. Uh, kind of what William Sterling said, I don't have the space for all the books. Um, I'm always impressed with my brother's incredible library of books. Um, it is a, a beautiful sight to be seen. Um, however, I just don't have the space for it. So <laughs> I don't uh, I don't do physical books. However, I'm breaking the rules for Redwall. I do have the Redwall books physical. So uh, that is kind of shows how how uh, beloved this series is, because uh, I, I'm breaking my rule for that. I've got to say, too, for the physical books, there's multiple um, covers and I love the the shorter covers those are the ones that i grew up with mm -hmm. and i don't I, I i've seen two different versions I, there may be more out there but uh, i'm sure there are um but the taller ones i can't get into them they they are not nostalgic um i really like the taller like fatter books for sure it's funny um because i i've seen so many different covers for these books and sadly, I can never get like the cover that I really want, which is the one with like it. The cover has like holographic writing uh, of the first few lines of each book and, you know, a, a couple of just little visuals. 
the medievalist part of my brain just lights on fire when I see those. And I, I want them so badly, but apparently they're pretty rare. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good segue into um, our next question, which is what is your experience with Redwall? Um, we'll start with Tiff. Um, yeah, so I, I think I read them in middle school, I want to say. Um, and my relationship was very much, I, I think I started with the first Redwall. Um, I think I just found them in the library. I don't remember if anyone even recommended them to me. I think I just stumbled across it. I think, you know, there were a bunch all in the one section, had a cute mouse, and I figured I'd give it a go. Um, and then the order that I read them into was very chaotic. It was just based on which books I could find at the library at the time, which um, is kind of funny because there, it, I feel like personally, my favorite order to read them in is publishing order. I think it um, makes more sense that way for me because um, there were definitely times when I read them out of order in just a very chaotic order that I went back and was like, oh, wow, this information would have been so helpful if I had known this, you know, um, all this like background lore and everything would have been really helpful when I read this other book, you know, 10 books down the series. Um, and, but yeah, so then, like I said earlier, I reread several of them. I don't remember how many I reread, um, but I got a bunch of the books uh, garage sale actually at one point. And so I reread a lot of them five, six years ago, I want to say, um, and, and had that whole experience, like I said, where I would just read them all in one night um, and just really get immersed in them um, and just have all of the feels. But um, yeah, I think that's, a, that's my whole relationship with Redwall. That's awesome. The ability to read an entire book in an evening it just blows my mind so much I, I mean these probably did you know we talked about how dense they are i don't know that it was actually one night but it was it was i was fully immersed in it like if i went to eat or if i went to go talk to my husband i was thinking about redwall you know i was fully immersed in it until i finished reading it um there was no stopping for sure i you know it might have been missed several days but it was definitely like one long continuous experience i'm, I'm gonna propose a stay up with tiff episode for later in in the middle of these seasons where we just grab <laughs> a book and we just live stream tiff like staying up all night and powering through a uh, tagarong <laughs> That would be very boring, but you know, if anybody wants it, we can go for it. Yeah, so the first book I read, I think, was Redwall. Um, it was either Redwall or Maddie Mayo, um, which I've never actually heard Maddie Mayo said out loud before. So I have no idea if I'm. Uh, that, this is where the audiobooks come in. I'll get to hear whether or not I'm pronouncing these names right. I always thought it was Maddie Mayo, so. I, I said it wrong just the other day and Trevor corrected me. <laughs> I was like, uh, ma mad to Mio? Yeah. It's a, mad it's, it's a meow. <laughs> well, I, I uh, you know, I didn't know any names when I was in middle school. And so Matthias, I definitely read as Mattias. I didn't know how you spelled Matthias. I had no idea. I think this is something that I'm just going to throw out there. 
I heard it once said to me that we should never make some fun of someone who says something wrong um, because it means that they've only learned that word through writing. Like no one's ever said it to them before. And um, I, I feel like, you know, being patient with people who are like, I don't know, is it meta meow? Is it meta meow? You know, whatever it is, like your pronunciation is going to vary because of course, if you've never heard any of these names or these words before, that's how you're going to say it. Yeah. That's a really good point. How, how else would you know if you've only, if you've only uh, seen it written rather than spoke. Uh, and then Tiff, uh, did you know anyone else that were reading the books? Like when you were, a kid or later on in life? No, not at all. I, uh, it was totally like a solo endeavor and I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. So, uh, you know, I'm getting to fulfill that. What? 15 years later, more than that, more than 15 years later. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Uh, and then what book are you most excited to get to? Oh, um, I really love Martin the warrior. Um, you know, like I said, that whole sort of chosen one prodigy um, really, really speaks to me. Uh, yeah, I love Martin the Warrior. Yeah, he's great. I, I can't wait for that book, too. That's that's definitely on my uh, top of my list for favorites. All right. Uh, and then last kind of question about your experience with the Red Wall. Uh, this is probably going to be the most heated debate that we've had on episode zero, but what is your favorite red wall animal? Is that to me or to everybody? Uh, to to me. Tiff. Okay. Oh my gosh. I, I'm a classic, you know, I, I started at the big, I started with red wall with the, um, the Abbey mice. I think I'm loyal to the mice. Loyal to the end. I got to respect that. That's awesome. All right. Uh, Trevor, how about you? What's your experience with Redwall? How, how long is this episode? Because uh, my history with this series is uh, long and storied. Uh, basically, I was handed Redwall, the novel, uh, in 1999 when I was 12 years old. And it was a, a gift from a relative who just kind of knew that I liked books vaguely. That was just kind of the, all they really knew. So they gave me this book and I remember it being a little bit more challenging than some of the stuff that I had been used to reading. Um, I was a big Hank, the cow dog fan um, in my childhood. And so to get something that really felt like a scale up, in terms of narrative complexity, um, I felt well was kind of a challenging book. So I read it all through 1999 and I don't think I finished it until 2000. And then all of a sudden there was like something clicked. Um, and all of the kind of frustration that I had with the book, cause I felt like it was really slow in my first read I do not feel that way now as an adult, but as a kid, I felt it was the slowest book on earth. And then all of a sudden, uh, something changed, something clicked for me. And I read every single one of them I could get my hands on. Um, I remember saving up my allowance and just going to a bookstore and counting pennies on the counter to make sure I had enough to include the tax for the book that I wanted to buy. 
And uh, I would wait out every single release for their paperback release because they would come out in hardback first and then they'd come out in paperback. So I always had to wait for the paperback so I could own it. But when it came out in hardback, I would have uh, mom take me to the library so I could check these library books out. And uh, I just, I, I consumed them like a ravenous animal. Um, I think until about 2006 uh, when Rackety Tam came out. And that by that point in time, I was in college and I, I just like ran out of time in life to read this stuff. Uh, and it's only been um, since I've, I've become an adult, since I've quit um, grad school uh, and kind of moved on to become a, a working professional that I looked back and was like, man, these books are really foundational to who I am as a person, as a reader. And um, rediscovering the books has been just a I mean, a total joy. It's almost like having a conversation with your 14-year-old self again and, you know, kind of thinking about how that person has grown, you know, into the person that you are. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and and on that, do you feel like reading a, a lot more mature um, genre literature, do you feel like that has helped you to grow in your love for Redwall? because that was kind of the the first series to start with. I mean in a way, yeah, because Redwall was was the the thing that opened the gates I think to more serious fantasy if you want to call it that. I don't want to say that Redwall is not serious fantasy because it's very much doing its own thing. It has its own voice, it has its own message that I think is valuable for any kind of reader that you are, whether you're a young adult reader or a children's reader or an adult reader. Um, but it definitely, I think, opened doors for me to discover other kinds of fantasy, other kinds of speculative fiction. Um, as I kind of mentioned, it opened my eyes to, I think, the excitement of a kind of medieval fantasy, which drove me into a lot of medieval literature too. Um, one of my specialties when I got my master's degree uh, is actually in medieval Spanish literature. And a lot of the romances, a lot of the chivalric sort of stuff that I read uh, for my master's degree and going into my PhD program was really influenced, I think, by my love for fantasy and for this kind of... Um, you know, swords and shields, uh, you know, kind of stories. I want to save a lot of this for our discussion of Redwall because I think it applies really well to that book. But I think um, what you were saying about like it being kind of this middle grade focused uh, storyline that applies more broadly. Um, I think there's a really cool discussion that we get to have at some point here about the difference between simplicity um and boredom because these books are a little bit simplistic because of the audience that they're 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 generated for but i don't think that takes away from the mm. power of them at all in fact i think having such a focused like narrative 
kind of adds to their power in a lot of ways and adds to their staying power for sure. Um, there's a reason that four of us are, you know, grown adults able to revisit these all these years later and be like, this is still magic. This is still, this is still like great for us. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be hyper complex and the, these like interwoven narratives that span like Marvel style across 27 different seasons. Like we don't, there's some beauty in the simplicity here. And I, I think that's something amazing about this, something, something amazing that Jock's pulled off. And to your point, William, I think that you and I will definitely be able to have kind of a, a discussion about the kind of middle gradeness, for for lack of a better adjective, of this book and how it plays into those conventions and also breaks with those conventions, because it is very much middle grade, but it it also takes itself, I think, more seriously. Um, than a lot of the industry would allow for in 2023. 100%. And like I said, I'm, I'm kind of trying to save this for ep- for the for the big red, red wall recap because I think so much of it applies, especially to that book. Um, so I'm just I'm I'm gonna kind of shut my mouth here and just kind of back into the corner. But listeners, like that's 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 on the horizon. Stick with us. We're coming back to this. <laughs> I'm really excited for that discussion. Um, and I think, man, there's so many different things that are coming to mind. Cause I think one of my favorite things about fantasy and sci-fi is that you're able to really ju- it's almost a safe space to be able to talk, like think through some of the complexities of life. I, I really felt that way when I was walking, watching through Star Trek where, um, you know, because they're aliens, you're able to take out some of the complexity of, you know, of humans and really, um, you know, focus in on this one subject, you know, and that's the simplicity to me is that, you know, these creatures, rats are evil, mice are good, you know, it's very simple. Um, and, and there are a lot of, there's a lot of pros of doing it that way, but there are some cons too of breaking down simplicity like that. Um, because you miss some of the complexity and some of the sort of implications of, you know, all rats are evil, that that can be sort of problematic, you know. Um, And so there's just, I mean, for these children's books, you know, there really is so much there to talk about and discuss. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And these are all great things that Uh, we'll be covering in future episodes. And I'm so excited to talk more about that, Tiff, because I have lots of thoughts about how the first book covers things like fate and destiny and good and evil. And I get so jazzed about those kinds of things because I'm just such a nerd nerd about it. (laughs) So Trevor, back to you. Um, Did you know anyone else that read the Redwall books? Um, I did, actually. Uh, My best friend... Um, going through those middle grades into high school. Uh, his name is John Mark. He actually hosts another podcast uh, called The Midnight Book Club. It's a, a read-along podcast for The Witcher. Um, and I think that if you asked him what some of his formative books, uh, you know, formative literature would be, uh, he'd probably say Redwall as well. Um, I remember going places with him and 
like he rarely did not have a red wall book literally in his pocket, um, which kind of got us into some trouble with a local library because uh, he took it out in a paddle boat and uh, got the book soaking wet. And we had to have a discussion about, you know, who was going to take care of, you know, the fees that were owed back to the library for this terribly soaked copy of Moss Flower. That is an incredible story that I've never heard That's before. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear you guys talk about how you came up with the funds for that and uh, just the reaction from that librarian's face when you return. Added to the Moss Flower notes. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to cover that in the uh, Moss Flower discussion. Uh, what book are you most excited to get to? You know, I, I, I waffle about them because there are so many that I think were just really special for me. I think every book we're going to come to, I'm probably going to have some trip down memory lane. But I honestly think that The Legend of Luke is the one that I'm most looking forward to. Um, just as a, a little preview, it is, the I think, the only book in the series that serves as a frame narrative, which I had never seen before. And again, opened my love, not just for, you know, storytelling and plot, but, but really for craft, the craft out a story, just really fun stuff. Yeah. And that's got one of the most epic covers as well. That's going to be a really exciting book to get to. And then what is your favorite Redwall animal? Oh, um, again, I waffle about this because I'll probably, you'll probably hear me say as we wrap up every episode, um, oh yeah, they're my favorite, they're my favorite, they're my favorite. Uh, today, it's probably the squirrels. I feel like I love a good heroic archer squirrel. Um, I'm down with them almost anytime I see them. That's awesome. Yeah, those those squirrels with the bows is such a cool would be such a cool character class in D&D. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. How about you, William Sterling? Uh, what's your experience with the Redwall? Okay, trying to make a stupidly long story as short as possible. <laughs> My first experience with Redwall was at a thing called Book Bowl in Kansas middle school's system, which, a side note, if you live in Kansas and you are in their middle school system, my heart goes out to you. Um, we moved a lot growing up, so like friendships were very like spotty and then move on. Um, so I, I had to kind of find my home in literature. Sometimes those were the friends that would follow me from place to place. Um, so when I got to Kansas, they had this weird thing that I am sure has died off by now, maybe, probably, possibly. Um, but it was called book bowl. Um, the idea was that every school would get sent a reading list and they would make a team of kids that were avid readers the kids would go through the recommended reading list, read all the stuff, and you could like assign out books to whoever was going to read them. And then you had this big statewide competition where all the schools would bring the kids together and and like basically just do trivia about the books. 
Um, it was this very like loosely thrown together way to encourage reading uh, and to, to support us nerds that were locked in the library all day long, every day. Um, but on that recommended reading list, um, along with House of Dies Drear, along with Goosebumps, along with a lot of those books that sent me down the horror rabbit hole, um, was the first Redwall book. Um, and I remember, I remember getting assigned it because I was kind of the horror fantasy guy for our group for whatever reason. Um, and I, I got assigned Redwall and I was just speed reading it and trying to get through it as fast as I could, which like we already mentioned in this episode, not fast, um, doing the best I could though. I got to about the halfway point and realized this is something different. Um, all the books that I had just ground through as fast as possible, uh, all of the ones that kind of like hit my brain and glanced off and went off into the nether. Um, this one was sticking with me and having an emotional impact on me. I was invested in Matthias um, getting that stupid sword back. Um, I was invested in the villains. I wanted to see them meet their end. And it was just this moment of, this is overselling it, I feel like, because no no middle schooler like has this much insight. But there was this moment of clarity that was like, this is what books can be. And this is the amount of like awe that can be inspired in these. From there, I'm off to the races. I'm grabbing all the books that the library has. Um, I know I didn't read them in order. I was going based on coolest covers. So I I think I went Redwall, Outcast of Redwall, and then Lord Brocktree. <laughs> and like the timeline made no sense. Um, but I just I consumed them uh until I left Kansas. And for whatever reason, leaving Kansas was like this, this sticking point in my mind. And I, I didn't come back to them for some reason that I regret to this day. So that was a lot of the motivation to dive into this podcast is I remember I pulled it up. I, I tried to figure out which one I left off on. The last one I read, the last one I read was Tagarong. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of the motivation to get into this podcast was I have this deep seated love for this series um, that I never finished. Um, there's, there's no closure to this for me. And I thinking back on it as an adult and having two kids growing up right now that I, that I want to introduce to stories like this, I need to know how it ends. I need to know the book ends here. So I'm just, again, I'm just jazzed to be here. So excited for this. Um, I love this book series so much. That leads me to um, a good question. How should we talk about how we like where the idea for the podcast came from? Because um, yeah. the story that I know is basically that William Sterling posted on Facebook asking, <laughs> you know, when to introduce these books to his son. Um, and that the conversation started from there, but had the conversation started before that post? I, I, yeah, I, I'd love to hear that story because I don't know it. This is, uh, so the, the Colin and I talk books just constantly. Um, and we just kick around 
like just nonsense bull in a discord that we have. And uh, William had posted on social media somewhere, just, just a post about loving Redwall. And, and I think he asked like, what was your favorite book and why? And I was just like, this sounds like a podcast talk. <laughs> and William was like, don't put that on my plate. So I turned around to Colin <laughs> and I said, and you put that on oh, my plate. <laughs> yeah. I said, what about a podcast? Yeah. How'd this get on my plate? And then Colin was like, let's do it. And then I was like, I, I turned right around and I was like, William, you want to do a podcast about Redwall? And then he was like, yeah, I do. Can I invite my friend Tiff? And I was like, it was just a perfect storm. Of yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how, so I don't have Facebook. Well, no, I, that's a lie. I have Facebook. I don't go on it. It's, I, it's not good for me. Um, and so my husband saw this post and told me that I needed to text William and like tell, get, put my two cents into the conversation. Um, and so I texted William just like, 10 texts right in a row, long texts about like all of my thoughts on the questions that he posted on Facebook. And we got the conversation started there. And so that's how that's how I got wrangled in basically is through my husband via text off of this Facebook message. This is so illuminating because I did not know any of this. I, uh, as Trevor said, we were just messi messaging each other in Discord and um, I had mentioned something about wanting to read all the Redwall books and he said, yeah, we should just do it and start a podcast. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm down for that. Um, uh, I love to talk books. I love to talk fantasy. Uh, I did not know that this was, uh, served up by, uh, <laughs> William to, to, to get it, uh, get this on my plate, but Hey, I'm happy to be spinning this plate. I'm so happy that you are here to be able to talk about it. And this is going to be a great journey. It really was just a perfect storm of like everybody talking about it all at once. And then, uh, you know, here we are just a few weeks after that moment and it's happening. I love it. That's incredible. I, I mean, I'm very impressed by your guys' follow through because um, I'm, I'm very appreciative for it because it means that this podcast happens. Yeah, I'm pretty good at starting things, not super good at finishing them. So uh, if we get to book 22, I'm going to clip this audio and put it in and, <laughs> and uh, as, a, as a form of celebration. Beautiful. Perfect. We'll, we'll pop some champagne virtually or something. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so my impression was that Colin and Trevor had been talking about this for a while. And then my post was just like, the the nail in the coffin incident i did not realize that my 6 30 just rolled into work half delirious post <laughs> was the inciting incident <laughs> for all of this i'm so happy right now no it's it's i i think that uh a lot of my motivation for this is also yours william where um i want to read these to my son one day and um i would like to read more age appropriate books for him uh when he was a baby and was a newborn i read him assassin's apprentice to fall asleep and i quickly <laughs> realized it's probably not the most appropriate book so um, i'm hoping Redwall can be a good replacement for that so just a psa 
read it to your daughters too. Colin, I don't know if you have a daughter, but I know William, you do. So yeah. just putting it out there. Yeah, that's a really good point, Tiff. I, I don't have a daughter. I do. I do. I just have a son. Um, yeah. But I will definitely be reading it to, to my daughter if she comes along. Yeah. I got to know William's animal, though, and the, the book he's most looking forward to, because uh, I need to judge him at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point. All right. Uh, so, William, what book are you most excited to get to? And this is this is crucial because you have jumped around to a lot of different books. I Yeah. So um, all of this with the context of like, I know, like, I know a lot of the power of the long patrol was lost on me because I didn't get the context of the world built around it. And I know, like, Legend of Luke, same story. I didn't get the context of the world it was wrapped up in. Um, I'm most excited to get to Marl Fox. Um, I think that leans a little bit more into the horror elements of everything. Um, so that like, of course, strikes a, a little bit of a nerve for me, but I just also remember walking around. That was the first hardback book I think I ever owned. Um, going back to Trevor's point of like waiting for the paperback, like when Marl Fox came out, I didn't wait. I just got the thing. Um, cause, cause that was just like prime for me. Um, and having that Fox's like, big old eyes just glaring at me and daring me to get farther into this story the entire time. Again, maybe not the best book in the series, but it just left such an impression on me um, at exactly the right time. I need to revisit it and just see if the magic is still there. What an incredible answer. And I've got a lot to say on that because uh, William Sterling, I think you and I have a very similar experience. Uh, but before I start, just real quick, what is your favorite Redwall animal? It's the badgers. The badgers. Um, You're on the right podcast. I, uh, I knew. I knew it was. I knew it was going to be the badgers. I just knew it. I okay, and this is going to be just this super nerdy answer here. So I'm sorry um, if you're not going down the nerd rabbit hole with us. But also, if you're not going down the nerd rabbit hole, like why are you listening right now? Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, from a, from a narrative standpoint, it amazes me to have a character that is as overpowered as the Badgers always are. They are <laughs> these titans on the battlefield. And then finding ways to humanize them, humanize them is the wrong phrase here because nothing in here is human, but um, finding ways to bring them down to earth so they feel like a real character and not just a plot device to go wreck everything on the battlefield and progress things forward. I think it is so fascinating every time that's done well. Um, we've got Constance coming up. I can't wait to talk about her. Um, but it, I, I think the Badgers are a really fun rate species to talk about because you kind of get both flavors of shocks here. You you see him using them as a plot device and like, okay, we just need something to trash everything on the battlefield. Go Badgers! Um, but we also get these deeply, deeply interesting characters whenever he knows that he can't just do that. And I love them. Yeah, that's incredible. And I'm so glad for you to say that because uh, that was a big motivation behind the books and Badgers uh podcast is just how epic the badgers are in this series we had to get them in the name somehow so yeah. that's that's a great answer 
and when they when they go off as those plot devices, like I'm gonna ruin everything, they ruin everything, and it's also so glorious. Man, I, I, we we're we're gonna have so much talk about badgers because like badger lore in this series is one of my favorite things. Just the whole sequence of lineage of the badgers of Selamandastron. I'm into it. <laughs> So is that how you say it, Salamandastrin? I I feel like that is. I mean, I don't. I'm gonna have to. I I've always said Salamandastron. I'm gonna have to check the pronunciation notes from Brian Jakes when he reads that book. But I, in my heart, yeah. it's Salamandastron. Salamandastron. Wow, so different than I've always had it in my head. Tiff, I'm so yeah. glad that you said that Go. because. My the book I'm most forward looking to uh, looking most forward to reading is Salamandastron. <laughs> so yes. I'm glad that you said we're, that because I I'm probably going to pronounce we're, it. We're going to throw up hands about how this it. stupid made up word is is actually said. You heard, so, heard it here on episode zero. This is the first books and badgers <laughs> brawl is about how this is named. Pronounced. So Colin, I want to hear you answer all those questions in a, a second, but. Um, I, I just wanted to add on to the the badger thing um, because there's a moment pretty early on in Redwall where, um, in fact, it's the first scene that they see Clooney where, um, and I, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. It's pretty early on in the book, but um, they, they have this crisis moment and they're trying, they're sort of internally figuring out who's going to be the leader in this scenario. Um, and so Matthias, as the, you know, the Abbey mouse, you know, future monk, he, you know, in his head, he's, he needs to take care of the situation. Um, but Constance, a female badger, she, um, he defers to her when she starts um, taking charge and, and protecting people. And it's in, it was the first big moment where um, it really made me think about sort of the, the, the male female dynamics in the society and um, you know, and the patriarchy that is within the Abbey and, um, and everything. And, and it was a cool moment because Matthias deferred to her, but he almost said, you know, I'm deferring to her because she's so experienced, you know? Um, and, and so I, I'm, ex I, that's something that I'm going to want to talk about for sure. Um, the, the, just really, once you guys said Constance, it reminded me of it, um, talking about, you know, sort of the gender dynamics and, and um, how there are female leaders, but, but it's sort of a complicated hierarchy. Um, and so anyway, that's, that's something that I'm going to want to talk about in that first episode for sure, or the fourth episode, I guess, um, where we wrap up Redwell together. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have a, a lot of thoughts about uh, Constance that I, I'm very excited to get to that uh, that kind of discussion because um, she's kind of a standout character in, in the first book. And she shows a lot of, of leadership and um, she is both very reverent for the hierarchy in the Abbey, but is also just um, the muscle of, of the Abbey. She, she plays a lot of roles and I have a lot of respect for her character and uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk more about that once we get to that that discussion. Uh, so for me, my experience with Redwall is very different than you guys. Um, 
with Trevor being my brother, uh, he had all the books. And as we were growing up, I would see him just amass the books on his bookshelf, you know, one at a time. Uh, as I mentioned, he would go and buy the books and um, spend his money on that. And I'd spend my money on Transformers or whatever. Uh, we were just very different. But I do remember that I did get my own copy of Redwall. Our library would have like a sale of um, used books that they were kind of circulating out of the out of library. Um, I thought that that was really cool. I didn't know that a lot of libraries do this regularly, but I thought it was really special that our library was doing that. And I remember buying a really well used, well loved copy of Redwall for maybe like twenty five cents or something like that. And I tried multiple times to read this book. Um, but just was never able to get through it. So it wasn't until I kind of rekindled my love for reading just a few years ago that Amazon was having a daily deal for Redwall. And so I bought it and I read it in like three days. I loved it so much because it had a lot of fantasy tropes that I was so used to. Um, it was really easy to digest compared to some of the indie fantasy, um, adult fantasy books that I was reading. And it just kind of sparked this excitement for the series. Um, I think the only other book that I read was um, Marl Fox, uh, one that I stole from my brother's bookshelf. Uh, William Sterling for the same reason. The cover was so cool. (laughs) And I have this vague memory of like trying to trace the fox onto like a piece of paper and like hanging it up in my room because I just thought he was so cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't really remember anything about that book. Um, so that was kind of the way that I discovered it. I thought that no kids knew about Redwall because I, I, well, except for my brother. Um, cause I remember PBS, I think it was PBS was doing a show, a Redwall animated series, which I really hope that we can talk about here on the podcast. But, um, and I remember trying to get friends to watch it or, going to their house to watch it. And they had no idea what Redwall was. So I really felt isolated on this island between my brother and his friend that loved the series. But I had no idea just how popular the series is. And I'm just floored by, like, you guys have all these experiences and also had some friends that read it, but also didn't have friends that read it. And just, I think there's a bigger community than we realize of people that, read these books as kids and how popular popular these books were that that's just really exciting for me i'm really excited to to kind of weave those webs of people that have read this but maybe didn't know anyone that read it uh so that's kind of my experience with redwall uh i'm most excited to get into sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna set up the next questions book you're most excited for and favorite animals yeah that's a good question i i would also say marl fox i'm just because of that cover i'm really excited for it um i'm also really excited uh salamandastron uh because of the badgers as i mentioned earlier those are probably the two books i'm most excited for uh, and then my favorite Redwall animal i love the otters i know this is the books and badgers podcast but we got to mention the otters, the otters. I mean, I kind of look like an otter. I feel like I have otter personality vibes. <laughs> I love the otters. I think they're you great. Do kinda give Every time they show up. some otter vibes for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, I'm definitely more of an otter guy. Um, and every time they show up in the books, they just play these very different roles. They're, they're such a kind of a diverse, fun animal. 
Uh, I just love him in the books, so definitely the honors. I will say the character that broke my heart the most in this series was an otter. I'll be sure to point him out. I, I can't remember which book he's from, but he was like my favorite kind of Corsair character. And uh, he gets killed off. And I was I was not prepared for that. I was devastated. Well, I, I do want to go on record to say that I, voles are a pretty easy answer because there is a vole named Colin. And I thought that was so cool as a kid, <laughs> but he's kind of a, a twerpy character. So I don't think I can go with voles, but we'll talk more about Colin the vole. I have lots to say about him. Uh, I am already planning to give you so much crap in our Redwall episode for the role that Colin plays. And just by extension, you're you're getting all of my all of my bad vibes cast on you. Good luck. Yeah, I I vaguely remember having a conversation with my brother when he read the books, saying, "Hey, there's a character named after you, and he's kind of a punk." And being like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, well, that's good to know." They're always like the worst loser character. Um, I think the only character named Trevor that I've really genuinely loved in a book was in Brian McCauley's uh, The Curse of the Reaper. That was like one of the few Trevors that I was like, I can get behind this kind of literary tradition here. Gotta hit that mark. And we worked in a Brian McCauley plug. Perfect. Love it. I, I, I meant to make a note earlier. I do not read horror. I do not watch horror. Like I, I'm not against it, but like I know nothing about horror, so all of these references are gonna go right over my head. So if there's anyone listening that feels the same way, I am in the same boat. Tiff, you and I are in the same boat. Let me tell you, okay. I, I do, <laughs> I do know who, uh, who they're talking about because of uh, both their respective podcasts. William Sterling doesn't know this, but I'm a huge fan of his podcast. I listen to to Killer Mediums and Slay House Presents. Uh, I, but I'm not a horror reader at all. I can't stand horror. I don't like being scared. I'm not good at all. However, <laughs> William Sterling, if you ever want to talk about the Goosebumps TV show, I have so much to say about that. So I have a weird like backstory with Goosebumps. I know that you did the the great episode with, with Trevor talking about children's horror literature and Goosebumps. Um, but I was disappointed at how you guys didn't talk about the show because there's so many crazy things that happen in that show. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Okay. We'll save this conversation for another time. Cause I'm about to go off here. Yeah. Well, you can find us on Instagram and threads at books and badgers, um, emphasis on the end books and badgers. You can also email us any questions at books and badgers at gmail.com. Uh, if you love our voices, you can find Trevor on Slayhouse house presents. Uh, you can also find William Sterling on killer mediums and you also can check amazing. out, let's be real. <laughs> uh, you can check tiff avery's work on magical moments of many monsters on instagram that's all one word 
magical moments of mini monsters. <laughs> I have I have one post up currently. Well, it's a heck of a post. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for for doing this episode zero, and thank you, the listener, for joining in on uh, on this uh, this journey through these uh, this beloved series and these next twenty two books. Um, again, if you have any questions, feel free to email us and, uh, thanks for just spending some time with us.